It's April 7th, and this is the Reading Through the Bible Together podcast. My name is Blake Farley, and I am so excited you're along with me on this journey through the one-year Bible. We are reading through the New Living Translation, and as an update I like to give every once in a while, these podcasts are not edited. I'm reading them for the first time when you do, so take it easy on me. Uh, The whole goal behind this podcast was to invite others into my own devotion life and kind of give raw thoughts as I had them, and when I don't have them, I just read the scripture, because uh, our goal is to get through the Bible together, and my hope and prayer is is that you would share what God is laying on your heart as we read along, because I want to hear what you have to say also. I believe the Bible comes to life when we read it in community. With that said, let's jump in. Deuteronomy chapter 31, and if you're wondering, how much longer are we in Deuteronomy? Only a few more days, my friends. Only a few more days. And then we move on to the book of Joshua, which is epic. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 1. When Moses had finished giving these instructions, yeah, that's right, the first 30 chapters, Moses was talking. you got to imagine the guy was out of breath after all that. To all the people of Israel, he said, I am now 120 years old, and I am no longer able to lead you. I mean, for 120 years old, that guy could preach. That was a long time to talk. Anyways, continuing on. The Lord has told me, you will not cross the Jordan River, But the Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy the nations living there, and you will take possession of their land. Joshua will lead you across the the river, just as the Lord has promised you. The Lord will destroy the nations living in the land, just as he destroyed Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites. The Lord will hand over to you the people who live there, and you must deal with them as I have commanded you. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. And the same is true for us, friends. If you are in Christ, this verse counts for you. I want to read it again because I think it's going to speak to somebody. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Tattoo that upon your hearts, my friends. Verse 7. Then Moses called for Joshua, and as all Israel watched, he said to him, Be strong and courageous, for you will lead these people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors he would give them. You are the one who will divide it among them as their grants of land. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord God, for the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you, and he will neither fail you nor abandon you. So Moses wrote this entire body of instruction in a book and gave it to the priest who carried the Ark of the covenant of the Lord's Covenant to, to the elders of Israel. My goodness, Lord, forgive me. It's a good thing I gave you that uh, disclaimer at the beginning about this not being edited because that sentence was a jumbled mess. Let's try verse 9 again. So Moses wrote this entire body of instruction in a book and gave it to the priest, who carried the Ark of the Lord's Covenant and to the elders of Israel. Then Moses gave them this command. At the end of every seventh year, the year of release, during the Festival of Shelters, you must read this book of instruction to all the people of Israel when they assemble before the Lord your God at the place he chooses. Call them all together, men, women, children, and the foreigners living in your towns, so they may hear this book of instruction and learn to fear the Lord your God and carefully obey all the terms of these instructions. Do this so that your children who have not known these instructions will hear them and will learn to fear the Lord your God. Do this as long as you live in the land you are crossing the Jordan to occupy. Then the Lord said to Moses, The time has come for you to die. Call Joshua and present yourselves at the tabernacle so that I may commission him there. 
So Moses and Joshua went and presented themselves at the tabernacle, and the Lord appeared to them in a pillar of cloud that stood at the entrance to the sacred tent. The Lord said to Moses, You are about to die and join your ancestors. After you are gone, these people will begin to worship foreign gods, the gods of the land where they are going. They will abandon me and break my covenant that I have made with them. Then my anger will blaze forth against them. I will abandon them, hiding my face from them, and they will be devoured. Terrible trouble will come down on them. And on that day they will say, These disasters have come down on us because God is no longer among us. At that time I will hide my face from them on account of all the evil they commit by worshiping other gods. So write it down, the words of this song, and teach it to the people of Israel. Help them learn it so it may serve as a witness for me against them. For I will bring them into the land I swore to give to their ancestors, a land flowing with milk and honey. There they will become prosperous, eat all the food they want, and become fat. But they will begin to worship other gods. They will despise me and break my covenant. And when great disasters come down on them, this song will stand as evidence against them, for it will never be forgotten by their descendants. I know the intentions of these people. Even now, before they have entered the land, I swore to give them. So that very day, Moses wrote down the words of the song and taught it to the Israelites. Then the Lord commissioned Joshua, son of Nun, with these words, Be strong and courageous, for you must bring the people of Israel into the land I swore to give them. I will be with you. When Moses had finished writing this entire body of instruction in a book, he gave this command to the Levites who carried the Ark of the Lord's Covenant. Take this book of instruction and place it beside the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, so it may remain there as a witness against the people of Israel. For I know how rebellious and stubborn you are, even now... While I am still alive and am here with you, you have rebelled against the Lord. How much more rebellious will you be even after my death? Now summon all the elders and officials of your tribe so that I can speak to them directly and call heaven and earth to witness against them. I know that after my death you will become utterly corrupt and will turn away from the ways I have commanded you to follow. In the days to come, disaster will come down on you, for you will do what is evil in the Lord's sight, making him very angry with your actions." So Moses recited this entire song publicly to the assembly of Israel. Listen, O heavens, and I will speak. Hear, O earth, the words that I say. Let my teaching fall on you like rain. Let my speech settle like dew. Let my words fall like rain on tender grass. Like gentle showers on young plants, I will proclaim the name of the Lord. How glorious is our God. He is the rock. His deeds are perfect. Everything he does is just and fair. He is a faithful God who does no wrong. He, How just and upright he is. But they have acted corruptly toward him. When they act so perversely, are they really his children? They are a deceitful and twisted generation. Is this the way you repay the Lord, you foolish and senseless people? Isn't he your father who created you? Has he not made you and established you? Remember the days of long ago. Think about generations past. Ask your father and he will inform you. Inquire of your elders and they will tell you. When the Most High assigned the lands to the nations... When he divided up the human race, he established the boundaries of the peoples, according to the number in his heavenly court, where the people of Israel belong to the Lord. Jacob is his special possession. He found them in a desert land and in an empty and howling wasteland. He surrounded them and watched over them. He guarded them as he would guard his own eyes, like an eagle that rouses her chicks and hovers over her young. So he spread his wings to take them up and carried them safely on his pinions. The Lord alone guided them. They followed no foreign gods. He let them ride over the highlands and feast on the crops of the fields. He nourished them with honey from the rock and olive oil from the stony ground. He fed them yogurt from the herd and milk from the flock, together with the fat lambs. He gave them the choice rams from Bashan and goats, together with the choicest wheat. You drink the finest wine made from the juice of grapes. 
But Israel soon became fat and unruly. The people grew heavy, plump, and stuffed. Then they abandoned the God who had made them. They made light of the rock of their salvation. They stirred up his jealousy by worshiping foreign gods. They provoked his fury with detestable deeds. They offered sacrifices to demons, which are not God. To gods they had not known before. To new gods only recently arrived. To gods their ancestors had never feared. You neglected the rock who had fathered you. You forgot the God who had given you birth. The Lord saw this and drew back and provoked to anger by his own sons and daughters. He said, I will abandon them. Then they will see what becomes of them. For they are a twisted generation, children without integrity. They will have roused my jealousy by worshiping things that are not God. They have provoked my anger with their useless idols. Now I will rouse their jealousy through people who are not even a people. I will provoke their anger through the foolish Gentiles. For my anger blazes forth like fire and burns to the depths of the grave. It devours the earth and all its crops and ignites the foundations of the mountains. I will heap disasters upon them and shoot them down with my arrows. I will weaken them with famine, burning fever and deadly disease. I will send the fangs of wild beasts and poisonous snakes that glide in the dust. Outside the sword will bring death. Inside terror will strike both young men and young women, both infants and the aged. I will have annihilated them, wiping out even the memory of them. But I feared the taunt of Israel's enemy, who might misunderstand and say, Our own power has triumphed. The Lord has nothing to do with this. And this concludes our Old Testament reading in Deuteronomy. Moving on to the New Testament, Luke chapter 12, verses 8 through 34. I tell you the truth, everyone who acknowledges me, this is Jesus speaking, by the way, publicly here on earth, the Son of Man, will also be acknowledged in the presence of God's angels. But anyone who denies me here on earth will be denied before God's angels. Anyone who speaks against the Son of Man can be forgiven, but anyone who blasphemes the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. And when you are brought to trial in the synagogues before rulers and authorities, don't worry about how to defend yourself or what to say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what needs to be said. Then someone called from the crowd, Teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. Jesus replied, Friend, who made me a judge over you to decide such things as that? Which, by the way, let me pause here. Some of you need to make that your memory verse. You're trying, your family comes to you with all their problems, and they want you to solve everything. They want you to solve their money problems and their drama problems. And, and you just need to understand, even Jesus didn't do that. He said, That's not my purpose. I'm not here to do that. He said, friend, who made me a judge over you to decide such things as that? I love that. And uh, maybe some of you need to take a lesson from that. Um, yeah, I, I know some people who feel like they owe everybody everything. No, no, no. God puts you here for a mission. And uh, you need to be clear on what that mission is. And don't feel bad about saying no to things outside of that mission. Because you've only got one life. You've only got so many hours. And you don't want to look back at the end of your life and say, Ooh, I live my life for everybody except for my own mission and purpose. Because that is a great way to be burnt out, bitter, and uh, not have any peace in your life and no fulfillment. Find your purpose and live it to the full. And do not feel bad about saying no to things outside of that purpose. Verse 15. Then he said, Beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Verse 16. Then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that had produced fine crops. He said to himself, What should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, My friend, you have stored away enough for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Yeah, 
God, God uh, originates here with the with the whole never seen a U-Haul behind the hearse. You don't get to take it with you. Verse 21. Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, uh, but do not have, but not have a rich relationship. Let me try that again. Verse 21. Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. See, I, I want to be rich in the things that are going to last in eternity. My relationship with God, it'll last in eternity. The money I invest into gospel work, like Ascent and uh, other gospel works around the world, the people who are reached, they will go on into eternity with me. Now, it's not to say I don't have things. I'm recording this on a Mac computer with uh, a podcast gear, and I'm in an office with a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, but my worth and my value cannot be found in these things because when I die, these things will still be here. They won't be with me. And one day they will all end up in the trash can and be completely useless. So just keep that in mind. Verse 22. Then turning to his disciples, Jesus said, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear. Let me just say, friends, this is speaking to my own soul right now because I'm worried about those very things. Right now I have worries. Am I going to be able to provide for my family? And Jesus is, is talking to me. Don't worry about it. Well, why not? Verse 23. For life is more than food, and your body is more than clothing. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for God feeds them. And you are far more valuable to him than any birds. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? That's a good question, Jesus. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? So true. Verse 27. Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? And don't be concerned about what to eat or what to drink, and don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world. But your Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And he will give you everything you need. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to those in need. This will store up treasure for you in heaven. And the purses of heaven never get old or develop holes. Your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal it and no moth can destroy it. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. What a wonderful reminder. Uh, especially for me in a time in which I have financial insecurity, and I'm sure many of you do as well as you listen to that. Proverbs 12, verses 21 through 23. And uh, by the way, I just want to say, there's some people who have real financial insecurity. Uh, I am an American living in a time where the economy is, is not going so well due to coronavirus, and yet if you're listening to this podcast years from now, you'll say, oh, that coronavirus thing, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what I'm living through right now, and um I have no reason to fear. My God has provided for me. I have money in the bank. I'm not worried about where my next meal is coming from. And there are people around the world who are. Uh, and if God will care for the birds, then I know he will care for me. That was good for my own soul. I hope it was good for yours. Proverbs 12, verse 21 through 23. says, No harm comes to the godly, but the wicked have their fill of trouble. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. The wise don't make a show of their knowledge, but fools broadcast their foolishness. Back into this monstrous psalm of Psalm 78 that we've been working through. We're going to read verses 32 through 55 today. And uh, as I've been doing in these really long ones, I will read the whole thing and then pray after. And, but I would encourage you to pray verse by verse if you have time to do so today. Because it's a very rich way to pray. 
But in spite of this, this is verse 32, the people kept sinning despite his wonders. They refused to trust him. So he ended their lives in failure, their years in terror. When God began killing them, they finally sought him. They repented and took God seriously. Then they remembered that God was their rock, that God most high was their redeemer. But they all gave him, but all they gave him was lip service. They lied to him with their tongues. Their hearts were not loyal to him. They did not keep his covenant. Yet he was merciful and forgave their sins and did not destroy them all. Many times he held back his anger and did not unleash his fury. For he remembered that they were merely mortal, gone like a breath of wind that never returns. Oh, how often they rebelled against him in the wilderness and grieved his heart in that dry wasteland. Again and again they tested God's patience and provoked the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power and how he rescued them from their enemies. They did not remember his miraculous signs in Egypt, his wonders on the plain of Zoan. For he turned the rivers into blood so no one could drink from the streams. He sent vast swarms of flies to consume them and hordes of frogs to ruin them. He gave their crops to caterpillars. Their harvest was consumed by locusts. He destroyed their grapevines with hell and shattered their sycamore figs with sleet. He abandoned their cattle to the hell, their livestock to bolts of lightning. He loosened on them his fierce anger, all his fury, rage, and hostility. He dispatched against them a band of destroying angels. He turned his anger against them. He did not spare the Egyptians' lives, but ravaged them with the plague. He killed the oldest son in each Egyptian family, the flower of the youth throughout the land of Egypt. But he led his own people like a flock of sheep, guiding them safely through the wilderness. He kept them safe. So they were not afraid, but the sea covered their enemies. He brought them to the border of his holy land, to this land of hills. He had one for them. He drove out the nations before them, and he gave them their inheritance by lot. He settled the tribes of Israel into their homes. Lord, we thank you for the psalm and what it says. Lord, thank you that um, although we deserve your wrath, we've been given your grace. Thank you for your mercy, Lord, that even when you discipline us, it's not because we're being punished. It's because you love us and the discipline that we are undergoing by facing the consequences that is actually leading us back to you. It's, it's an act of kindness. You, you desire to show us mercy. And we thank you, Lord, that you've always been that way. Even reading Deuteronomy when it's like it doesn't look like it, Lord, we can know because we've seen Jesus. And uh, the perfect representation of God is Jesus. And Jesus came not to judge, not to condemn but to save all who would trust and believe in him. And Lord, so I just pray that today people would believe in his perfect righteous life, counting for them, that they would admit that they're sinners, they would come to him as a beggar, saying, Lord, I need you. And Lord, when you do, when they do that, I know uh, the response, all of us, as we do that, day in and day out, we are given the good news that our shame and guilt has been forgiven. Our sin is gone. And we've been given the Holy Spirit to empower us for life and a glorious future hope to look forward to as one day your kingdom will be fully restored and you will reign and rule over earth. Lord, we love you and we praise you. We thank you that through you we can experience salvation, we can find peace, we can know purpose, and we can live fulfilled. Lord, I love you and I praise you. Amen. Thank you for joining me uh, for another day of reading through the Bible. Hard for me to believe we're already in April, uh, but here we are. And I hope that you will join me tomorrow for yet another day of reading through the Bible together.